sultana and custard bath and, and, and other things that I ate. So yeah. the, the, we, we squeezed the teeth. Wizard's sleeve. Yeah. Spit it out. Blah, 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 blahs. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blahs. Blah, 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 blah. I might drop my strides and see what she does. <laughs> To be honest, I've I've been eating non-stop since we actually went into you know restrictions. It was like, all right, well, time to eat a lot because I'm doing nothing. Right. And uh, I've, I've been waking up 7 a.m. first meal, make sure the lunch is down the hatch, and maybe a little something something with the Arvo, and then a nice big uh, post-training style meal to keep up appearances in the uh, in the evening. And of course, I'll snack through the night as well because of the um, <laughs> protein synthesis is elevated. Yes, 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 of course. Mate, look, I think that approach to your nutrition in combination with no actual training for the next six months, that'll do wonders mm. for the physique. Well, wonders for the immune system as well. I, th- I figured I'd get the body weight up a little, so it's really challenged. And then yes. really, uh, that's an experiment. Get the, get the corona, get a couple of coronas, and then we could... We could actually do the uh, the videos each week, and I could show you the deterioration of uh, of me with the um, with a couple of coronas, and um, and then I'll administer various protocols of uh, supplements. I've got a, a pile of stuff in there, Tom. Oh, we'll see if Metformin, see if Metformin helps, or maybe a couple of Tadalafils, or maybe a an Aldactone or two. Maybe I'll a diuretic. Maybe pull a little water out. Maybe that will help. Yeah, and then I might uh, block some estrogen, see if estrogen, uh, and then if I make it out the other side, then Jada can start eating again. And look, I think with the uh, elevated uh, body fat levels, Rawdon, that yeah. um, inflammation will be one thing, but then there'll be that enhanced uh, aromatase activity, which I think that should yes. work well with the uh, with that current stack of medication. And then, of course, you'll yes. have the excess body weight. And I think yeah. from a sleep apnea perspective, that's going to do wonders for you, mate. Mm. Mm. It's sounding like a very positive time for you, Rodden. Yeah, it is. And then, of course, the crane out my window, yeah, mm. with the diesel fumes, the fumes yes. coming in. The, the fumes. diesel fumes. So, so is this officially started or will we do like a proper one now? Mate, look, I think that's about as good a start as we're going to get. All right. I guess there's a couple of things going on here, Rodan. So it's a Corona cast and the intention was that we might do one of these Corona casts for each week of the gym lockdown, which could be going on for many, 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 many weeks from where we are at this point. Mate, it was very interesting in Australia when it all started happening and the hoarding was going on. Mm. Very interesting that, you know, it it really didn't take just, just a little bit of pressure got turned up and there was, um, I don't know whether it's the, the scarcity mindset or something is just below the surface, but you know what? It's, mm. it's been, I actually feel pretty good. Something about the chaos is a little bit, is a little bit yeah. liberating for me. Uh, you know, there's excitement, yeah. little bit, nothing about it. Yes. Um, look, I mean, it's week one, so it's much <laughs> like, um, you know, 20 weeks out. That's what most athletes say at week one. This oh, yeah. is fine. You know, 10% deficit, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, cool. No worries. Great. And then, you know, fast forward, say, what, eight weeks from now, we'll, uh, we'll see what, uh, okay, week eight of lockdown, we'll see if, we, <laughs> <laughs> if we're, we're quite so excited. And yes. um, I think we'll, we'll challenge even the best of us with a, with a positive mindset and a, and a bit of creativity. Mm. But, you know, hopefully, um, you know, seeing or uh, hearing us won't 
send those over the edge. You know, hopefully they um, they don't realize there's no point continuing on after they listen to uh, what we have to say. But I agree, there is a sense of um, you know, it's just this. Oh, we've got to make things work. This is this is this will be a bit of a challenge, you know. Like yeah. assuming we we can bring some obviously some funds coming in. That's gonna that will obviously be uh, uh, obviously really important. So assuming that those we don't trivializing it or making fun of the situation, and we understand a lot of people are, and we're in that same boat. We're in the you know course, our mate. gyms are closed. We 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 got zero That's income. Of That's part, That's of, the part thing. of it. Yeah, we can we can talk about it because. And we, you know, because uh, we're 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 eat, living, and breathing it as well. So, but yeah, it's um, there is a. I, I know where you're coming from. Like for me, I I, I sort of, uh, I guess for you as well, you've angled your business maybe slightly differently, going online more. Uh, for me, uh, you know, half sort of dropped off, half want to hang around and and give some structure. So I reduce what I charge each week because there's not as much coin floating around out there. So. Um, but there's a few that want to hang on and then surprisingly still some guys doing mentor sessions and, and I think, you know, some still have a little bit of money. They've still got a business. I spoke to, um, one guy in Melbourne and, uh, on, uh, Instagram and he said he's just transitioned over to online. He's thriving like he's busy ass. So I think, um, there's still a lot of opportunity out there and I, and I think with, with the right sort of headspace, you can capitalize on that and, and people, they're going to need assistance. They're going to be they're far less active than what they would be. They can't go out and play basketball. They can't play sport. They can't go play their tennis, play golf, or anything like that. It's locked down. So really, there's 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 an an ever expanding market of potential uh, clientele as as more of, of 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 society gets shut down and told they can't actually do what they want to do. So I think with some with some great you know potentially some thought to marketing and and I think. Facebook and Instagram is just going to go off its head. Like as uh, people will just be living on that page, which will be positive or negative, take it as you will. But but um, but it's, you know, if you market things accordingly and, and put yourself out there, and, and even just word of mouth, you know, if everyone's at home and someone knows you coach and do PT and you know what to do with calories, and hey, tell me what to do at home. I've you know I've done some walking lunges and push-ups. What else can I do? Ah, right, we'll buy this, this, and this. You know, it's not very expensive. And then I'll um, put some programs together for you, and you know, charge things accordingly. Uh, obviously, you're doing less for 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 the individual that you would in, in a PT session. So, mm. yeah, I was just going to say, like, there's a lot of people exercising outside right now. So, straight away, I just you know, I spoke to some of my clients, and most of them happy to do some stuff outside. And it's actually it's been very pleasant. Shoes yeah. on, my, my feet are filthy. Yeah. They look like even after I've come out of the shower and given them a good scrub, they're still dirty because I've just been walking around in bed yeah. for, for days. Um, awesome. But, uh, mate, I picked up a new client on Tuesday just talking to people out at the park because there's so many people around looking for ways to exercise. And that leads us into what we're actually going to talk about today, which is progressive overload. And once you're sort of moving outside, obviously the great challenge you have is that there's, you know, such a lack of intensity, there's no load. And so we're left with volume and frequency as our variables to play with. And it makes you think creatively about the key concept, which is progressive overload and how to apply that over time. Yeah, I think um, let's sort of unpack that a little bit because some of the listeners obviously... If they're regular under the bar listeners, then they'll know what we're talking about. 
so progressive overload, like I guess what we're talking about there is uh, the need for things to change over time in some way to cause further adaptation, you know, depending on what adaptation you're looking for. That is, I guess, the basic uh, concept of, of progressive overload. You, you choose your, your weapon of choice. I mean, there are different factors you can manipulate. Um, to achieve progressive overload, but that is what we're referring to here. Like, what do you, you set up a training program, it's pretty easy to, well, we'll do some walking lunges, we'll do some push-ups, et cetera, et cetera. Then how do we uh, elicit or introduce progression in that environment? And then what is the, the best, potentially, or what are, there's no best, but what are the ways to, to create that progressive overload? And then how do we continue all the way for, yeah, let's let's say six months. So for the next six months, like what do you, what tools do you have at your disposal, and then mm. what is your mindset in that environment, and and also I think um, what's your realistic expectation in that environment as well. So that's what we thought we might unpack a little bit today. We were talking about this just before we started, and and my my approach at this point because it's uncharted territories, the outdoor landscape of things has been to have an idea of what exercises are available in the space, yep. what I'm going to do with that person or with myself, do it, track exactly what I've done, write it up and then say, okay, so next week what I'll do is I'll add an extra set on that. Mm -hmm. uh, these ones down here, I think I can get some more reps. So I'll go a couple of weeks and some more reps there and then I might add another set. And so I'm just looking at my week's worth of training done by the end of the week and then I'll have a look at probably a six-week or a six rotation span of time and mm -hmm. think about, all right, based off how hard this has been for, for me to do thus far, where do I think I could possibly get to? What's the most I could imagine myself doing? And mm -hmm. then reverse engineering back from there, small increments of progression to that point. And then that gives me six weeks to work towards. And that will sort of be the approach I think I will take with my clients. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we spoke about it and I said, and you sort of, well, we threw around some ideas and it's like, well, what are you going to do? And then, then I sort of said, well, you know, I'll tell you on Monday. So everyone gets updated on Sunday nutritionally. Yeah. And then Monday, I've got to open the Excel. You know, me, it's got to, and like for you, it's got to make sense. And, and for those listeners that do design programs and know where we're coming from, it's got to, well, it's just got to, it's got to make sense. You know, that's where we start. We go there, this moves. Okay, that's, that's good. I like it. That'll work. It, you know, ticks the box for what I wanted, some progress over time. But to, um, to say what I'm going to do would be something similar. I think that's the dilemma um, that, will, that everyone will face. And, and some won't have barbells. I mean, I've basically said to my guys and girls, you know, if you can get a barbell, get about 100 kilos of weight, so get some 20, some 5, stuff like that, and get a, you know, a set of resistance bands, you know, thick ones within, you know, uh, maybe four or five different resistance bands, get a pack of resistance bands, a barbell, some, some plates, then, then I think you've got enough um, equipment to do a, a ton of different exercises. Um, and then it would be, but you're limited with, with loading. Like everyone knows that load is a variable that we can progress over time. So what else can you progress? And what you suggested was basically it. I think that, um, that volume will be what we manipulate over time. And it could come in the form of, like you said, reps maybe increasing week to week to week or, or sets increasing week to week to week. You could play around with tempos, you could put pauses. But really what we're looking for is uh, a training. I mean, if we are trying, what's our goal as well during this phase? Is it to try and 
um, you know, grow muscle and get jacked. It's like, well, yes, maybe. Maybe the environment is better for you. Maybe there's no distractions. You can set up your lifestyle, nutrition, and, and total stress. Maybe there's an inherently higher stress that wants the initial shock of everything. Okay, well, you know, maybe I don't have as much stress now as what I did in the work environment. I don't have distractions. So for some, it might be an environment to change body composition quite effectively. But to a point, and then it's there in the same boat as the rest of us where, you know, we're looking at how to progress. So I think, think about what you can actually achieve. I think the maintenance of muscle mass uh, and certainly body composition, body composition easy, like full stop, end of story. It's just calorie control. You can easily, you can lean out, you could get diced, you get shredded for, you know, post, uh, post-apocalypse uh, shred, you know, get through the, the pandemic and you, you can hit the beach once the beach is open you know, with a rippling six pack and look amazing, you know, uh, get the edge over your competition. A few of the guys that I coach, that's the way they're thinking. They're going, man, I'm going to get, uh, you know, based on setup, I'm going to get a leg press and this and that. And while everyone else is training, I'm going to be training. I'll bring up all those body parts. So when I come out the other side, I'm going to be ready to go first show and everyone else is going to be off and, you know, they're going for the kill type thing when they step on stage. So I think, you know, think about what you can achieve. Definitely um, in a research setting, They've looked at uh, training volume to, to maintain a certain level of muscle mass. And it's, you know, the, the numbers around, uh, it's said to be around a third of the normal volume you would use to, to um, I guess, drive hypertrophy for a body part. So uh, a third of the volume, so two thirds less, and you should be able to maintain a similar amount of muscle mass. Now, that is assuming that that volume that you do does have sufficient loading and everything else and the, the, the fundamentals of hypertrophy are uh, adhered to, I guess. So... Now, we don't have that, so it might be like maybe half the volume or, or even if you've got to do the same amount of volume. But I think the the volume that you do do, if it is load-restricted, then the research has also been quite clear showing that as long as we get close to the point of failure, then we should be able to set up anabolic signaling to grow muscle sufficiently. So then it says, okay, but it's going to be high uh, metabolite, metabolic style training. So, and we spoke about, you, you were suggesting like a Milos Sachev, shout out to Milos. Uh, one of, I worked with him for six months, someone I did quite a bit of consulting with back in the day. Um, but like a Milos Sachev giant set, you know, try and create, you know, this massive amount of fatigue on a certain body part with a different, ton of different angles. So that could be something you do, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's like we said, the uh, tempos could be slow reps could you know obviously higher reps than lower reps but i think if you understand that basic concept that you can actually maintain quite a bit of muscle mass but you just got to think okay if i can't i've only got this amount of load then you got to use that load effectively to create a high uh, metabolic stress environment so we do get close to the point of failure and fatigue and then we should set up you know the growth response effectively set up the lifestyle around it so in reality, if you do have enough load, then you could legitimately um, uh, focus on certain body parts. You know, you could do, like I said to Liam, one of the listeners might know uh, Liam, one of the guys I coach, he's a successful immense yeah, physique athlete, won nationals and uh, he's done really well, but he's moving over to classic physique and his back is always is, uh, a bit of a letdown. So I said, okay, bro, but yeah, make sure you got this, this and this, and all we're doing is training. The rest of the body will just get maintenance volume you know, we'll touch up the, the quads and the hamstrings and thighs and tries. And it's going to be back, back, back. So we're just going to hammer the back and, and exclusively focus on the back over six months. And if you know, that doesn't build the back, 
uh, you know, and obviously there's a variety. You can do pull-ups and rows, and he's got some equipment. Mm. So for him, we're actually using it as a well, let's zero distractions. Let's just focus on that back, get it built. So you know, those types of uh, mindsets could be uh, adopted too, where you just focus on a on a on a something that you haven't sort of spent a lot of time on. It's like, okay, well, maintain there and glutes. I just want to work on my ass. Okay, think of all the different movements that we can do for glutes, and that could for your trained program design or focus of your program. But I think maintenance of muscle, absolutely. I think um, body composition, easy. And I think you could even bring up certain body parts if you had a, a, enough variety and, and loading and, and the premise could be, could be um, adhered to well over time. But I agree with what you said. It would be a progression in either um, repetitions or tempos could progress week to week or or like you said sets i think week to week as well I'm losing my spaceship in the background here mate there we go <laughs> you mentioned uh the milosarchev thing you know like when the intensity is low low particularly the lower body that's definitely a challenge the two thought paradigms i was coming from because i thought of for some reason i was constructing this uh sort of unilateral lower body thing i was going from like a pistol squat to a split squat nice. to a drop Ooh. lunge and and just oh. stack, stacking them all back to back against each other and it, layer it, upon layer layer upon layer and i thought of when milos was training you know justin oh justin you got the heart of a lion come on the heart of a lion. <laughs> you know he's yeah. going on about it but then there was a tricep workout that he did and I, I remember you know taking someone through it and and just building things up on the fly and the loads got so low by the end of it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, a 2.5 played on the press down, everyone going, ah, ah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? So, so there's, there's that approach to trying to create volume. And then the other mm. one that I thought of was what I sort of think of as the Andrew Hudson approach to volume. Yes, yes. For our listeners that don't know, IFBB Pro, he was out here in Australia last year. He trains with broads. and yeah, he's South African and he has this unique ability to tolerate volume and he'll do incredible amounts of sets of, of an exercise. And I think we actually spoke about this on the podcast and, you know, yeah. he'd just go in and pick up the 40 kilo dumbbells and just do sets of 10, but he'll do like 30 sets and that would be his, work, be his workout. Layer Rods, upon layer. Layer upon layer, like a, like a six-layered cake. Um, mm. and, and Brods was talking about this time that he did 70 sets. That was his chest workout, like a 70 sets of an incline dumbbell press. And the other mm. one was he went down to a football field with uh, a barbell, maybe mm. 40, 40 kilos or something, and just did lunges up and down for three hours. That, that was his leg workout. So if you're mm. of that particular mindset, you can just pick two very simple things and just Absolutely. do the bastards to death for a long period <laughs> of time. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that that really personifies the, the the points we're making. You know, you can definitely do it, and it's about getting close to that point of failure. And there are a couple of examples, you know, uh, a pile of different exercises together, and then uh, and or same exercise, but you know, just keep going until you pretty much can't go anymore. Then that's it, you're done type thing. I think with those though, it's sort of like then what do you do the next day? You know, it's like, oh, I've got to do another five. I got to do another football field. Oh, I got three lengths of the football field. The next week, four lengths of the football field. So I think, yeah, they're great conceptually, and and it's great if we then go back and to reality and you know, go to normal normal workout the next day and see our friends. But 
you know, whether that would be sustainable over time. It could definitely be a, a block that you would go through where it's just a super high volume block and then you might have a more of a maintenance volume type block. So you could definitely play around with all those things. But I mean, it's, it's really just uh, getting close to that point of failure and, and they, they are ways that you could absolutely do it. For me, I think it, it's, I, I want some, rather than that sort of controlled chaos, you know, I want to sort of lay something down. And, and for me, I think it's going to be probably be, um, there's got to be high rep sets because the load's going to be not very much. And then they may still increase loading. So it, they can still increase load, but I am going to probably emphasize the volume increasing. So I'll set like a, I think we discussed that I'll, I'll do like a push day and a pull day maybe. Two different workouts, same rep ranges, and they just do that alternating days. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Train six days a week. Plenty of time to train. I think most will like to focus on training, and then um, and then the week one will be a certain amount of sets. Week two, you know, more sets than than more sets. So pretty much broad style, uh, Broderick style, uh, like he's he's suggested a couple of times where he starts at eighty, goes to one hundred and twenty. So yes, Broads, I'm I'm, and he'd probably say, yeah, we'll see. I told you, my my. <laughs> My, uh, the way I do it, it's better for hypertrophy. Well, yeah. Exactly okay. what he would say. If we, if we don't have load, then, um, then yeah, I'm, I'm coming to the party 100%. So that's probably what I'm going to do. And then, and then the next block, it might be a, a four to six week program, but the next block will be maybe it's repetitions that, that titrate up. But I think, think about things like, um, I think like if we did do all, like there's only a certain amount of exercise you've got at your disposal. I mean, there's quite a few, but I think, you know, have a, have a, have a training block, exhaust that movement pattern, get all the, the stimulus you possibly can from it, then change it, change the sequencing. You might do a more of a lower body priority, work the upper body for a block, then you can work the lower body, you can alternate like that. Um, think of different, different progressions, back foot elevated, front foot, you know, flat, front foot elevated, and, and split squat variations, you know, uh, push-ups with the feet elevated, you know, up on something. And then obviously if you do have a bit of equipment, then you've got obviously a lot more uh, exercise selection, but that's the way I would more look at it. Try and keep some tools in the, in the, in the, in the, in the toolbox so we can actually use it, hit the muscle group from a slightly different angle in the next block. It's similar, similar volume titration over time. And then again, and similar to what you say, like it might be, you've got three different training programs that might be three, four week blocks to get through it. And then there's your three months, then you start the cycle again. So I think that's a pretty, pretty cool way to, to look at it. What you were suggesting, have a, have a, a group and then they just sort of rotate between those. Mate, let me ask you this about going to failure and your thoughts on um, taking a lower intensity load, say, Maybe the 10 sets of 10 example where you start with a, a lower intensity load and you sort of cruise through the first few sets. And, you know, as Charles would often talk about, the magic happens deep into the 10 sets and you get that accumulation of fatigue over time. So that sort of longer Hudson approach to failure or taking a like a metabolic set each set to that point of failure to equate a similar amount of hypertrophy doing a set of six or something with a higher intensity. Basically what I'm asking is how do you weigh up taking each set closer to a point of failure, weighed up against doing a volume of sets, not really to failure until sort of the end of the actual well, marathon, so to speak. Uh, 
I would say that, that those examples would be effective because of the sets they did at the end of the workout that were close to the point of failure. Yeah. When you could just fast forward and do those sets with a higher load and get to the point of failure for all five sets. So, I mean, if you want to do 10 sets and, and you're that guy that wants to do a ton of volume, then go for it. Or think about doing uh, sets that, that are like um, strength and conditioning research, um, Eric uh, Beasley, he um, he talks about quite. Um, he's very good with the the research behind hypertrophy, and um, he talks about uh, that the last uh, five reps, and it's not exactly five reps, but but let's say that, that it's something like the back end of a set. But he's suggesting that the the last five reps of the set that take you, assuming the set reaches the point of failure. Um, they're the productive reps. Like all the reps before that are just setting up the environment, but it's actually those last five that are the ones that are going to drive hypertrophy uh, or set up the environment to drive hypertrophy maximally. So if you did uh, a 10 rep set, so it's a 10 rep max, or you needed five reps of that set, then that set would be a very productive set for hypertrophy because it was nowhere near those last five reps that it needs to be. Now, if you did that set, you know, multiple sets of that, and you eventually got where all five reps were close to the point of failure because at the fifth um, rep, you then hit failure because you did eight sets of five at that weight, then, okay, well, those back end of those sets would tick the box for what um, Beasley was talking about with the last five reps being conducive for growth. So if that is the case and that has been shown in the re- – let's assume that they know what they're talking about. These guys are balls deep, shall we say, in the research. Then it um, sort of lends itself to, well, you want to make all, all the sets more productive and, and – if that's said, then yes, all the sets should go. And I think that's pretty much unanimous across the board. Most people will say uh, that that you need to be one or two reps away from complete failure for the set to be a good set. If you're not, then it's just not the stimulus isn't great enough to, to warrant, you know, significant hypertrophy after the, the, the set was done. It might have some impact. And for beginners, it's different. We're talking about sort of those intermediate to advanced. So... You know, if it is one to two reps from complete failure, then yeah, I would be more inclined to to spend time with all the sets being more productive. So in those examples you gave, like a heavier a heavier loading and taking nothing. I'm not saying that that by any stretch of the imagination, I know better than what these guys are doing. But that's just how I understand it. Having a a, a more productive, I guess. Um, a workout, a, a, a more specific workout rather than a a workout that will achieve it at the end of the workout. Because there is also another thing to think about where there seems to be uh, like a, 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 between five and 10 sets and it might be sliding up and down that that sort of uh, rep, uh, number, but it seems to be five to 10 sets per body part that um, seems to be the sweet spot where after which you start getting um, poorer and poorer recruitment of the, the muscle fibers and just worse and worse stimulation from the, the sets than the sets that you did prior. So there seems to be some research suggesting that, yeah, there, there, there's a sweet spot of, uh, of volume of work sets, be it a high rep set or a low rep set, but work sets for a body part in a single session that are, um, uh, I guess, maximally beneficial for hypertrophy. And yes, you could do more volume, but the volume after that number of sets and that number is sliding you don't know what that is exactly but after a point there seems to be a point of diminished returns where you're doing volume just for the sake of doing volume and 
what it's really doing um, or maybe doing is just increasing the recovery time. It's going to limit how much volume you can get over a given sort of week. So mm. that's why like, there's nothing magical about a higher frequency of training. It's just that you can get a better quality of volume over time because after a point in a single session, like you just can't get the it, volume. Yes, yes. The, the, the muscle fiber is damaged, you know, like each, each muscle, each repetition damages the muscle a little bit. Mm. So it makes sense that if you're doing a lot of volume, that it's just, you get to a point where you're just doing volume for the sake of volume. And usually at the back end of the back end of the workout, everyone's doing like, you know, force negatives and drop sets. And it's like, yeah, you're just doing, you have such an inability to, to contract the muscle. You're just doing like layer upon layer upon layer of muscle damage that, that may or may not be driving hypertrophy more than what those 10 good sets at the start mm. and then moved on to the next muscle group. The, sort of the picture you're painting is, you know, you could take all of the volume and smear it out, you know, spread it out over a length of time. What you're saying with that high frequency training is that just, just by a little bit, the quality of that same amount of volume is going to be slightly higher. Yeah. So yeah. slightly be- better, uh, well, I mean, it's better in the face of fatigue to stimulus ratio you might hear thrown around. So it's sort of like you have a much better fatigue to stimulus ratio. Like if the fatigue gets too high mm. and it outweighs the stimulus, then the ratio is not as conducive for hypertrophy. So, yeah, like think of it like a better stimulus to fatigue ratio, um, doing the, the volume spread out over yes. a little more. Now, a bro split, then you're going to have everyone say, yeah, well, you know, pro bodybuilder trains, you know, and they do chest one day. I say, okay, either a pro bodybuilder, so they're like Hudson genetic gifted. And yes, he's doing a billion sets per body, but whatever he does, he's probably going to respond pretty well anyway. He can tolerate that volume, of course, and he's a workhorse, but they're, they're pro bodybuilders. And if you are doing a bro split where it is, you know, similar to different body parts each day, then yeah, you got seven days to recover. So if that's all you got, then yeah, bust yourself up, do forty sets for a body part, and do all the drop sets and anything else. Because you ain't going to train it for another seven days. You might as well create maximal, you know, messed up uh, muscle damage. And you know, muscle damage is a question mark on on whether it's uh, you know whether it's absolute, like it occurs no matter what. But is there a, a reason to ever overreach and create more muscle damage? And that's I, I think. Um, where some will be in two camps. It's like, I think Israfel might suggest that the satellite cell activation is more prolific and that myonucleation occurs uh, more readily when there's excessive muscle damage, but they seem to, it seems to occur without muscle damage. So, um, or with less muscle damage, I should say. So yeah, it's sort of maybe, maybe there's an argument for focusing on muscle damage at various times. And, um, yeah. but it's interesting. I think we're in danger of getting a little bit too serious here. Yeah. Too much seriosity. I reckon that's good for first hit out because it's it's left us plenty plenty of stuff to cover. I mean, we haven't even touched on, you know, what it's going to be like from a strength perspective uh, and how Mm. how, in six months time, how excited I'm going to be to get back in and, you know, do, do, do a couple of four to sixes. Oh yeah. Uh, And all the, the, the the joints, joints and connective tissue, they're going to thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And also we haven't spoken about the nutrition side of things and yep. uh, keeping yourself sane and mm. trying to hit macros when, you know, our creatures of habits that we are, we're not, we don't have access to the same foods that we would usually have. 
Um, yeah. Man, I've actually been enjoying a few different meals. Got a few different meals on the rotation now, which is which is quite nice. Pleasant. So it's another benefit of the uh, of the coronavirus that I've sort of made note of. Bra- branched out, and um, yeah, I had some. Uh, I think it was uh, Churrasco. They've got their own line in some supermarkets. I don't know if you see that the the Brazilian barbecue that oh. we've been to down at. Um, yes, I had a, a marinated pork uh, pork um, Scotch fillet. I think it was and. Yeah, I had that. You know, that was that was all right. There was lots of uh, lots of fat on it, which is always nice. So yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, trying a few different things definitely. And I'm into the kale. I figured, you know, boost the immune system. I think kale's good. I think it might be a superfood list. I don't know, but I've been um, enjoying the kale. It's pretty inexpensive, so I have this mountain of kale and, and yeah, plenty of veggies mm. and, and it's all so 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 far so good anyway. Yeah, very good. All right, mate. Well, I reckon uh, that's probably uh, Corona Cast number one. Done, yeah. dusted. We'll uh, we'll chat. We'll try and do one next week. If not, it will be definitely every couple of weeks. And then if if we don't do one in two weeks, maybe once a month. And, yeah. and then maybe once after the Corona starts thing, we might uh, might do another one then. A wrap up, you know, pre, yeah. pre, pre, pre <laughs> yes, yeah, pre, pre blood work, post post cycle. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll, that would be a very uh, very under the bar way to do it <laughs> absolutely don't, don't put a pasta song <laughs> we'll do that we'll absolutely do it uh, alright mate well done it's been, it's been a pleasure Tom <laughs> has it mate it's been a pleasure yeah very good very good alright mate <laughs>